Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this uh, wonderful Sunday night interview with an amazing guest. Uh, she's a homie. We got to meet in a uh, D&D campaign called A Song of the Heart, uh, DM'd by the very ever good looking and talented Roadblock. And uh, and yeah, so my guest tonight is The Low Zelda, and she is wonderful in every single way. Uh, Twitch streamer, producer, correct? And uh, a whole uh, yeah, slew of others? Sometimes. I, I, pretty much anything related to film production, I have I have done it if it's not camera i've not actually worked a camera that's the only thing i haven't touched so oh my I've been, god i've so been cool. producer i've been production coordinator um i'm currently an art an art department coordinator just started yeah. that this week just all the things <laughs> that's amazing and cool so uh in this segment we interview an amazing creative within our community who is uh like i said wonderful in every single way and that's exactly what the low zelda is so for uh a brief moment could you go ahead and introduce yourself and everything you do because you're so much more oh, than like yeah a twitch streamer or a tabletop rpg player and all that kind of stuff so yeah go for it yeah uh so i'm jen uh i'm below zelda um i yeah at the moment yeah i work in film production we kind of touched on that um anything anything it's spreadsheets um i touch so i've done all kinds of coordination i've been a travel coordinator an art department coordinator i've been production coordinator i've been producer i've been all over the map of that um when i am not on a film set uh, i make my own dice uh yeah. i am a big tabletop uh nerd uh more on the D D 5e side of things but i've dabbled in some other ones and, and like to play all kinds of all kinds of board games uh before i worked in film i actually my background's in science i have degrees in chemistry and physics oh wow um yeah I've, my my first job out of college i was a neutrino physicist and <laughs> <laughs> as you do casually yeah. Yeah. Um, I went from that into pharmaceutical and medical uh, chemistry for a while, and then I got bored and moved to film. So that's been that's a kind of a wild path. Um, yeah, I have two dogs. I have two dachshunds. Uh, Ooh, they nice, are nice. they're my my little my little weenies, uh, and I love them very very much. And they show up on stream sometimes. So <laughs> that's so good. So you are essentially uh, you have like the dream job and sort of life that many content creators aspire to have, you know, whether even just like finishing college and getting their degree to like, you know, being in so many productions and in, in like the film crew and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really cool. But my, one of my main questions that I'm curious about, because I only know you at this point in your life, you know, like I've seen you be an amazing role player and a talented, you know, Twitch streamer and everything like that. But what is your origin story? How did you get to this point in your life? Like with, uh, like all these aspects, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Um. So so yeah. I I went to I went to college for for science stuff. Um. I thought I really enjoyed it. Turns out I only liked it because I was good at it, and that will only take you so far. Yeah. Uh. But I I did my my five years of college. I got a degree in chemistry and a degree in physics at the same time. I also got a minor in math because why not? I was already doing most of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was wild. Um. I got to do some internships while I was in college at uh, the lab I ended up working at. Um, it was an actual Department of Energy lab outside of Chicago called Fermi Lab. Uh, yeah. And until the LHC opened up, it was the world's most powerful uh, collider, uh, particle wow. collider. Yeah. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to be able to to be able to work there for for a while and got to do neutrino research. Uh, worked on some dark matter experiments too. Did that for a while. Life things happened. I needed to move, and yeah. and as you would imagine, the particle accelerators aren't just like it's not like you move somewhere. It's like I need to get a new job at a new financial company or whatever. It's like yeah. particle accelerators are not like a thing 
in yeah, most places. Like... So, so moving meant I needed to do something else. So I was like, okay, we'll lean into the chemistry side of things because the area we went to had a ton of pharmaceutical and a ton of medical things in the yeah. area. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I got to that point where I realized that the only reason I had enjoyed it is because I was good at it. And I didn't actually enjoy, like, I was still interested in a yeah. lot of the topics, but they're just doing the same things. Like science, science gets really weird because the better you are at it, the more narrow the focus is. So the less mm. variety there is. And so seeing yeah. the same things all the time, it was just like, all right, like, once you've seen one neutrino, you've seen them all. And like, I'm doing, yeah. like now that I'm doing the chemical side of things, it's like I'm doing the same series of tests, like on kind of like a rotating basis. It's like, okay, well, I know what this looks like now. There's yeah. something super exciting happening. And having having new projects come up, it's still very, it's still very regimented. Cause like it's medical and it's like, it's yeah. gotta go through FDA stuff and certain things are approved and they have to go through certain approval processes if you're gonna not follow that. And it's just, it's very long and drawn out. So I was like, oh no what do I do now? Yeah. And while I was having that crisis, I, uh, there was a friend of mine, uh, in Texas at that point I was in Michigan mm -hmm. and, um, I had a friend that was down here in Texas and we were just shooting the shit and just chatting. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, I've, I've wanted like create stuff, but I don't consider myself a creative person. I consider myself a crafty person. If you give me yeah. the box, I can do all kinds of things in the box. If you yeah. tell me to come up with something unique from scratch that, no, that's, that's too many options. <laughs> it's too much. So like, I never didn't consider myself like a creative, but I wanted to like make something. He's like, well, if you ever want to try film production, I feel like a lot of your skill sets would translate really yeah. well to to a lot of the stuff that happens like in the office and some of the stuff that happens on set but like i feel like it could be really useful over there uh, and you could you could satisfy both those parts of your brain if you ever want to try it let me know it's like oh thank you so much like i appreciate it but also in my head i'm like he's just saying that to be nice and like i can't like abuse our friendship of like give me a job you know yeah. so, so i kind of like tucked that away for a little bit um left my my regular office job kind of thing started doing like i went hard on twitch and youtube stuff for for a while um and like it, it, it worked really well for like a year it was it was it was awesome and i had a lot of fun doing it yeah. and then i had that moment of like this isn't this is not a career i will not be 50 in doing this yeah like what this is so like this is great but this cannot be a long-term thing what do i do um and at that point my husband and i we had been we had decided we were never want to see snow again uh yeah. we had just had a really bad winter even by michigan standards and we had started visiting texas a lot for events and then we had a bunch of friends that were down here and more friends that were moving here and yeah we're like, well, we should move there but i don't know what i'm doing about my job so i had some very very nice friends offer up their guest room to me and they're like come live here for a couple of months and see what you can do yeah because most companies like wouldn't talk even talk to me about a job since I wasn't local. Uh, so I packed up uh, what I could fit in my my little Honda Civic and I drove from Michigan to Texas to yeah. move into my friend's guest room for a couple of months to see what I could what could happen. Yeah. Um, while I was driving, that friend from film production called me. I'm like in like Missouri or something and he's like, yeah. "Hey, did I see that you're like moving here like now? And I'm like, yeah, because do you have a job? No, trying to work on that. People wouldn't yeah. talk to me because I wasn't local. He's like, cool. I'm crewing up for a show right now. If you're interested in film, you let in? me know. Yeah. He's like, I, he's like, you would just be a PA 
but it would be an exposure to what a lot of that is. And I was like, yeah, sure. So like I hadn't even made it to Texas and I effectively had a job. Yeah. I, so I like, I got here on a Tuesday on Wednesday, I met with the producer. So the, the, wow. my friend, my friend was the, um, he was the showrunner and, and, uh, director. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, he's like, I said, you're good, but producer still wants to meet you. I was like, absolutely. So I met with the producer and then I started on Monday. It like, was no chill. Let's get it this done. It was wild. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. So like I called my husband. I was like, hey, you know, like how we said we were going to see how this worked out. And if I could find a job, then you'd pack up the house and, and sell it and move down here. So I have a job. And he's like, what do you mean <laughs> you have a job? He's like, you're not even there. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So that was my very first film production. It was a six month, uh, six month adventure. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was the production office PA. So like, I learned a lot about the, the, the producer and the production coordinator yeah. accidentally learned travel coordination then, because it was, it was a small team. We didn't have a travel coordinator. We were supposed yeah. to all be local. And then they're like, oh, these three weeks, we actually have to go film in the middle of the desert. We don't have anybody to like organize this. We were yeah. literally in the middle of the desert. It was, I drove over literal tumbleweeds while we were out there. I didn't, I didn't think tumbleweeds were real. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Um, and they were just, there was just nothing like the closest store while we were there, there was a little general store in town. Yeah. And then if you wanted to get to like an actual store, it was minimum two hours to get to a Walmart. Wow. It was, it was bonkers. Uh, so like we need to be here. So that means we need housing, we need transportation, we need all this stuff. And they're like, you're a PA and you're new girl. We saw, what you, yeah. we saw what you did with like solving some other weird problems. You figure this out. So I, def I figured out on the fly yeah. how to get a hundred cast and crew to live in the desert for three weeks. Did you feel um, like your, your talents did translate over like he had said? Yeah, for sure. There was, there yeah. was so much of it that was just being really organized. It's yeah. just being super organized. And it's like, yeah. and I'm a slut for spreadsheets. So I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Got this 100%. Yeah. Um, so it was very stressful. Cause I was like, this is my first thing. And you you want me to do what now? Um, but, but it was, it was a crash course in what film stuff was. And I went from yeah. that, um, that same company, I ended up doing a lot of kind of gig work for, for the next couple of years working. They have um, a live broadcast group. So I worked with them. Uh, I was a production coordinator for their animation studio for eight months. Uh, yeah. so I got to see the animation side of things, um, filmed live action, uh, live broadcast, just like whatever, uh, I, after that, I worked on an Amazon show for thanks to the pandemic, like a little over a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I went from that to a CBS show for a while. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been so much, it's been so much stuff just kind yeah. of all over the place. You've lived been, multiple lives. Yeah. And it's been, it's been really cool to get to try all of these different things too. Yeah. Um, both for figuring out like, what don't I like and don't want to go back to, but then also kind of like finding my path in that film production kind of side of things. It's like, okay, which things do I like? So like, I've always wanted to work art department. It just sounded so cool. I've been able yeah. to work art department for like three days on like random projects. So like, hey, are you busy right now? We just need an extra set of hands for like these six hours. I'm like, yeah. yes, I will go Let's do go. that. Yeah. Like, it'll be the first, the first time it happened, um, I show up and they go, cool, we need clouds. Okay, they're like, here's some chicken wire make some clouds and then they left and i was like i guess i'm making some clouds yeah they were i if i do say so myself they were very good clouds i was complimented on my clouds but yeah it's just Perfect. 
random stuff like that. Um, for other shoots, I like I've been a makeup artist. I was taught on the fly how to do special effects, like apply prosthetics to somebody. Yeah. Because they were just like, we have this is like a three hour application. We only have like two hours to do it. They're like, so like the makeup artist that was there, she was like, here's what we're gonna do. She's like, I know you don't know how to do this, but I do know you're good at mimicry. I'm yeah. gonna do the left half of his face. You just do the exact same, just copy what I'm doing on the right. And I was like, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so like I have a credit as a special effect makeup artist and like, yeah. and and cloud maker, I guess on another project, so. Um, so right now, I just last week, I started on a new project. I'm the art department coordinator. So it's yeah. more of the spreadsheet wow. world. Um, but I get to be more hands-on with the art team now. And so yeah. when there's, when they're like, hey, you'll probably have some downtime. They're like, you're free to use our prop shop just to like, they're like, it's an art department. People should be creating stuff. So it's like, if you can help with like whatever we've got, like whatever build we're going on, like great. But like, if you have personal art projects you want to work on, like use our equipment. Yeah. And I was like, this is so cool. So I get to like learn from some really great people. I get to be a part of building some really cool sets. Um, and and so I get to do what I do best, still learn some things. Yeah. Uh, and get to be a part of a team that I've always wanted to be a part of. So I'm very excited for this one. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's <laughs> awesome. And then when it comes to Twitch streaming, did you uh, like in that process, did you like jump on that ship uh, somewhere in there or did you yeah. do it more so recently? I, I had been kind of doing it for, um, kind of doing it like kind of casually for a while while I was doing all of the the medical and pharmaceutical stuff. I don't think oh, I started it while I was doing yeah. while I was doing physics. Um, so I'd started doing it then, and then when I left that regular office job, I went hard. Like I did a lot of, uh, yeah. I was doing a lot on Twitch, a lot on YouTube um, for like that year, and then I I've kept that up. Well, you know. I did it a lot and then film production film production's wild uh at minimum you're talking like a 60 hour week it's 12 hour days yeah. um and that's and that's after unions got involved we've gone down the 12 hour days oh my um, god and even then sometimes it's still not a 12 hour day they just have to pay you out the nose if you go over 12 hours but i've yeah. been um i've been on shoots where like something has happened they're like we only have this location for today and we've done an 18 hour day and then you like you turn around, you go home, you take a nap, and then, and then go into set, in you know, for the next one. Um, so yeah, like I've definitely had shoots. It's like cool, we're supposed to wrap it at eight a.m., and then it's like we're looking or at eight eight p.m. They're like, and now it's yeah. like three a.m. Going into four a.m. They're like, like all right, one more shot. We gotta do one more shot, and then we'll wrap it up. And I was like, oh, I can't function. <laughs> Like um, monster energy yeah. drink yeah. so so some of on shoots like that like since that gets so busy like twitch like kind of fell off it's like something's got to give somewhere i am only yeah. human, believe it or not so uh so things kind of slowed down then and i've never really gotten back to that same level of momentum that i had yeah but um but i've my community has been awesome and there's a lot of people who have stuck around through all of it there's a lot of people that have been yeah. here since the very beginning which is really, really wow cool. um yeah. and so and and now that i've kind of gotten into more regular side of film production things i kind of have some slightly more regular hours so like even though i just started a new project because of what i'm doing it won't be the 12 hour days yeah it'll be like 10 hours which on the one hand still sounds like a lot but when you're when you're looking at normally 12 to 14 10's pretty good and then it's like also yeah. yeah and because i'm living more in spreadsheet world now it's less tied to what what the set times are you know when you're working on set it's like cool um 
it's call time is 5 a.m. So we can start shooting by six. It's like, all right, well, there's that. I live in spreadsheet world and I'm in, and I do sourcing for a lot of the materials yeah. that, that they'll need. It's like, I'm bound to business hours for that. So it's like crew oh, be in at yeah. 5 a.m. I I'll roll into my office at, you know, between like eight and nine and start doing my hours then because I have to do it when businesses yeah. are open. So, so that's definitely helped. So I'm hopeful that keeping being on that kind of thing means like I can keep up with the stream things. Like I'm, I'm cutting down a little bit. I used to do like, I would do like four days a week. Now yeah. I'm like, while we're doing this, I'm going to go to three so I can like have a day. Yeah. To yourself. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful I'll be able to keep all that stuff going and, and yeah, we, I like to think we have a good time. I play a lot of things that are weird. Uh, a lot of things that are, uh, I, I play, play indies and things that are very Japanese is the best way to describe them. So <laughs> that's what we're here for that. We yeah. like. that's good stuff. <laughs> awesome. So there's, uh, one thing and I'll move on to the next question. Yeah. Um, I love that story because you, like I said, at the beginning of the interview, you've accomplished so much in your life. Like, um, even just going to college and becoming a literal scientist who got to work on a lot of things like an elite scientist cutting edge of like, you know, the field and everything like that would have been the W for a lot of people. But then you, uh, when told like, Hey, you'd be great for like, you know, film production. Uh, you had that imposter syndrome where you're like, well, I don't know, you know, even though I'm able to like accomplish all of these Herculean, you know, things that would take Herculean effort. Uh, I still don't think I'd be good enough to do this thing. You know, it's, it's wild that like, you know, even though you're so talented, you could still have that imposter syndrome a little bit. And, uh, it's cool. It's cool. It's like humanizing. Yeah. I, I still do it. When I got the call from, from somebody being like, Hey, do you want to be art department coordinator? Yeah. I was like, are you, you remember that I haven't done that yet? They're like, yeah, but you've done all these other things. So like, clearly you'd be good at this. And like, they're like, I've always wanted to work with you. And I was yeah. like, that, that sentence blew my mind that I was like a person. They were like, oh, I want to work with you. And I have this position, like, please come do this. This yeah. thing that's like kind of important, like come over here. I was just like, I don't, I don't okay. know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was very much like, <laughs> can has job. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's super wild too, because there was actually, I recently turned a job down, yeah. uh, which is also another thing that I never thought I would do. Uh, but I got, so I did the Amazon show. I did the CBS show. I got a call from, from a producer at HBO that after I Googled his wow. name, the dude has won Emmys. He yeah. has won Emmys. He is in LA. They're filming something here in Texas. And he, and he got my number from somebody. He called me. He's like, Hey, he's like, I need this is what's going on this is what the shoot is these are the dates i need a travel coordinator and you came highly recommended and i was like yeah how this do recommended by who first of all they lied to you yeah, right? <laughs> um and it was one of those things that i was like i should absolutely say yes to this i'm like it's yeah. like this would be an incredible credit to have this is a great person to have in my network like absolutely being a travel coordinator is is rough Rough yeah, is the nicest sure. way to say it. So doing travel stuff, it's not just the stress of like what, what that job means. So it is literally, you get handed a schedule for the shoot and, and it's like a little, it's just a little grid that yeah. looks like nonsense. It's all the dates along the top. It's all the character names along the side. And then there's yeah. letters. Um, there's like codes in the boxes for people being like, all right, this is when they start work. This is when they finish work. This is when they fit. This is when they yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so you just end up with this mess of a grid and they cool. They go, cool, make it happen. And so now it's figuring out like, okay, who's, who are all my actors? Who are their agents? Yeah. Um, what, what have they been promised in their contracts? Where are they located? How to get them here? So like, there's that, 
Yeah. But also, not just you. You aren't just working production hours for this. You yeah. are on call twenty four seven because if somebody films on films on Monday, they're traveling on Sunday, mm-hmm. or maybe they're maybe they're traveling on Saturday. And it's like, and if something goes wrong, they miss their flight. Yeah. The car that's supposed to pick them up isn't there. There's an issue with the reservation, or whatever. Like you're the point of contact. Um, if they're filming something late into the night, we're doing an overnight shoot, and like we're supposed to wrap this person out um early in the morning on Wednesday and they're going to fly home Wednesday night but they don't actually finish and so we need to keep them for another night it's like hey they're supposed to be on a plane in four hours they need to not be change it so it's like the level of anxiety that comes with being on call 24 7 for what ended up being two years because I went from one show to another both doing travel coordination I'm like that I was just felt like I was constantly vibrating in my soul so when so I finally I finally got back down to like a manageable level. The last travel coordination thing I did, I finished right before this past Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so it's been, it was six months had gone by and I finally stopped jumping every time my phone made a noise. And this guy calls me and wants me to do travel coordination. I was like, all of this, I should say yes. It's going to pay real good. But my You'd soul says no. I was like, yeah. my soul, like I felt, I immediately felt nauseous all over again. Yeah. My husband's like, then don't do it. I was like, but I should. He's like, but you shouldn't. Like you clearly, you are already being physically affected by the idea of doing this. This leads us into our next question. Do not do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was him. And then two of my other friends were like, I get where you're coming from, but also just don't, just yeah. don't, you clearly don't want to. On paper, it seems like a good decision, Absolutely. but in real life, no. Yeah. So yeah. the next question, which, which is a great segue into it is, uh, so, <clears throat> um, as a content creator and like a creative in this field, that's, that's you know, wild and and awesome at the same time, uh, we can often find ourselves working beyond our limits and ultimately burning out. What are some self-care techniques that you implement oh, to make sure that your sanity is like cared for? My joke answer is whiskey, but also please don't take that. No one take that seriously. Yeah. Don't do that. I've seen the persona streams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that that's just my self-care for persona. Uh, <laughs> that's just how I get through that. Yeah. Um, no, it's that's something I feel like I still kind of struggle with and mm-hmm. and it's kind of evolved a little bit over time. It's part part of that self-care is finding a way to say no. Yeah. Um I am I'm a very, I'm a person I have a very hard time saying no. Friend needs help whether they're outwardly saying it or or they just clearly like I want yeah. I want to do that. Um there's jobs, there's projects, there's fun things somebody's like i'm doing a short like four session D thing stream like come be on it like i i want to do all of these things i do yeah. genuinely want to do them but i do have a finite amount of energy and Overload i have a finite plate. amount of spoon yeah. like i use the spoon metaphor mm-hmm. constantly and it's like yeah. i i do have a finite amount of spoons and finding a way to say no to stuff has been the hardest thing yeah but has also been the most helpful mm-hmm. um and and there was a period not too long ago where i where i was really not good at that yeah uh, and i got i got to the point of burnout where i um i had i'd stopped streaming for a while um because i was like something's I was like, we'll take that off the plate but it's like yeah. i got so far burned out that if i just like managed things i could have stayed here because yeah. i didn't manage things i had to scale it so far back mm-hmm. and that was that was working on personal projects i was like doing dice things that was things as simple as just like I, uh, I, I like to do embroidery. It's like, yeah, 
no more, no embroidery, no working on dice, no streaming. No, it was literally like wake up, work, go to sleep. And like the treat for the week might be like, if I, if I sat down in a bath it's yeah. like, but I would like, I have a little, one of the little trays that sits across the, you know, so I can have like a normal person would have like a book and a glass of wine. Yeah. I had my laptop and I'd be in the bath work. still working <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like a crazy person. So, um, losing the thread a little bit here, but <laughs> finding, finding a way to say no has been, has been the biggest thing. And I still struggle yeah. with it. Um, my other kind of self-care thing is, um, it's been, it's, this is so weird to say, it's been a lot easier to do during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so much of what I ended up doing was working from home, especially like doing the travel coordination stuff. They're like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be in the office because you're just, you're dealing with airlines, you're dealing with agents yeah. and people like, you know, will email you the schedule. So I made a point of like every day that's not storming like wild, um, there is a park that's relatively nearby where our house is. So it's like, yeah. I will in the middle of the afternoon stop what I'm doing and I will walk down to the park, walk the trail around it and walk back. The whole loop takes like an hour. It's like, it's, it is, it is a trail. It is a path. It is, it is beefy. Sometimes I'll like, if it's really hot, I'll like make an iced coffee in a cup and yeah. like bring that with me and do that. And I will just like put in my earbuds and just jam to something that's chip toony or lo-fi or whatever. Yeah. And just, and be in that zone and just walk and pet dogs just that I pass chill along out. the way yeah. and, just, and just do that and forcing myself to, fully step away and unplug mm-hmm. just for that little bit in the middle of the day. Like unplugging at the end of the day was not enough and yeah. not getting plugged into early in the day was not enough. It's like, I need, I need that clear break in that middle. Yeah. Just go do something else. Um, and there's a, a, a D and D campaign that I started playing in. I think we started in like October or November or something. My walk period is now I'm not fully unplugged anymore, but I feel like this is okay. It's yeah. me texting one of the other players and it's us going, what are we doing like yeah, what's our theories and stuff like that and so it's like well like i'll so i go in for my walk and i pet dogs and i drink my iced coffee and i just yell about D for an hour yeah. and and that has been so wildly helpful for yeah. for maintaining focus when i need to have it and also for for my sanity and kind of like resetting levels in the middle of yeah. that day um so so that's been that's been very very good so when we had we had rain for literally a month straight yeah. It was why so like I didn't get to go do my walk and I mm-hmm. was getting so antsy. Yeah. Like, this is a problem. I can't I can't just like do loops I'll just in the, go house. In the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there was one day I did it. So, like I I we had a little bit of sun. I said, yeah. I'm going. And I got like just to the top of the neighborhood. It started raining. I went, I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. out here. I'm already wet. We're doing this. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So uh a couple things there. Like the I feel like when you get exposed to that sort of environment where it's like, go, 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 you kind of get like hooked and addicted to it to the point where when life doesn't act like that, you feel guilty or wrong for not constantly working, you know? So like you constantly just say yes to different projects until it becomes overwhelming. And then of course the burnout happens and uh, it's, it's, so that's powerful to appreciate and understand the the wonderful, I don't know, wonderfulness of uh, the word no, you know, and just to be able to reject things to, cause like, even though, uh, would you classify yourself as a people pleaser? Um, oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you're probably a recovering people pleaser as well. Cause like, <laughs> uh, especially with the power. No, you know, so like yeah. I'm the same way where I felt like, you know, horrible if I had to say no. Cause I was like, 
oh man, if I don't like, you know, cancel all my plans that I was really looking forward to, to do this thing for this person, uh, then I'm the worst person in the world. And I can't think about that, how they feel, you know, but then the word no, like preserves our self and like it respects our boundaries and our time and our like what makes us happy you know and all that kind of stuff so it's it's beautiful that you found that power in that that and it's you're right you know when it comes to covid and maybe it's because we we're not seeing these people in person like looking at their emotions you know you know their face and all that kind of stuff uh and can only see their username and their email and and be able to say type in like you know what no or we will you know take that time to respond to people uh instead of being in the moment you know so it's uh it's incredible that that like you had that growth to the point where you are able to preserve your happiness and to do what's right for for jen you know instead of uh yeah because at the end of the day um you are you know low zelda the twitch streamer and then the travel coordinator or art department you know lead and all these different and even a wife and all these like roles for everyone else but then you have to like really consider what does jen need right now what does she want and what would make her happy you know because if that fails and everything else shatters so it's uh it's awesome that you've like uh reached that point in your life yeah, yeah. i cool. saw yeah i saw a really cool thing since you you kind of said it a little bit uh yeah. just then as i saw somebody making a comment about they started going to therapy and the therapist is like why are you here and they're like well you know it's like yeah. i you know i'm i'm a good i'm a good husband i'm a good friend i'm a good yeah. you know employee and whatever um uh and i want to be great at those things and if i could be great at those things by myself i i would be there already and yeah. since i'm not i i need some help and the therapist's response was you know those are all things you are for other people mm -hmm. who are you for yourself yeah and he had no answer and i was like oh this is unfortunately very resonating <laughs> to yep. me like yeah it's like I am this Twitch streamer and I am an art department coordinator and I'm a travel coordinator. Mm -hmm. I'm a wife, but I'm a friend and I'm, and I'm, I'm all of these things, yep. but so, but all of those things are dependent on those relationships with other people. None of them are the relationship to myself. And it's like, yeah. what, what am I for that? And so it was really interesting to see that, like put into words that like, I kind of, I think I had that realization a couple of months ago without yeah. knowing how to phrase that. And that's mm -hmm. why I've been able to start being like, okay, I need to start saying no to some things. Cause I need yeah. I need to be able to find who I am outside of what I am to other people. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. All right. So, uh, I know as you've like just said, like all the major accomplishments that you've had in your life. Uh, but I also know that during your career, there has to have been some L's that you've encountered, uh, along the way, you know, now the first woman they interviewed was a brilliant woman by the name of Eliana Murillo. And she had said that L's no longer stand for losses. They stand for lessons. So what would you say? One of the biggest L's in your career, whether it be Twitch, you know, as a content creator, as a scientist, as like, you know, in the film production side of things or whatever, what would you say is that biggest L that you've learned the most from, whether it was a situation where you like, were like, you know what? I messed up in this. I deserve this L or if it was a situation where it's like, I tried so hard to make this, you know, work, but it just, at the end of the day, didn't work out. And, uh, what would you say that L is for you? Uh, I would say, uh, when I, when I stepped away from doing a regular office job and I was doing, doing Twitch and doing YouTube, um, and just try, trying to gain that momentum. One of the other things I was also trying to do is I had kind of done some side work for an, uh, for an indie game developer. Yeah. Uh, I ended up being there. I was their kind of community manager and social media manager for, for a little bit. 
Uh, and that was something I was like, I love games. And this is also using other skill sets that I have in a way that's like, yeah, let's, let's yeah. try to get into this. Um, there was a company that I will not name that I, I got an interview for that they were, um, they were, they weren't an indie developer directly. They were mm -hmm. a company that, um, kind of like supports like all indie kind of developers. It was, yeah. it was kind of an overarching thing. Um, and they were looking for a new, um, uh, for a community manager and, and I got really far into that, into that interview. And I was yeah. like super jazzed about the inner, the last interview I had was a panel with like all of the people yeah. and they were all like, you're fantastic. Like, this is great. Like, they're like, we have one other person we need to interview for formality, but like, we love you and we're, we'll send yeah. you an offer on Monday. And I was like, awesome. Great. And yeah. Monday, Monday happened and I didn't get anything and Tuesday uh, happened. I didn't get anything. And I was like, all yeah. right. So on Wednesday I reached out. Um, and they're like, yeah, sorry. Um, waiting on some paperwork stuff. You know, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we're really sorry about the delay. We'll be in touch. It's like, okay, cool. And then like a week went by and I followed up. I was like, hey. And after, after I think it was on week three where they went, oh, we actually decided to offer the job to this other person. Um, because like, they're like, we absolutely loved you. We would prefer you, but you would be fully remote. And this is somebody who is actually, and they had said like fully remote would be like great. Cause they're like, some yeah. other team is like split up already. They're like for the main offices, this person is actually local. And so like having somebody in office, like it was, you know, higher ups decided it would be better to have somebody physically present. I was like, yeah. Ah, oh, that sucks. But like, okay. Yeah. So I was like, I was like crushed, but it's like, all right, fine. Whatever. Like, even though they had like amped me up with like, yeah, we'll send you an offer. Yeah. Why did you tell me that then? Yeah. yeah. So Two months later, they call me again and they go, so the person we hired is not working out. Are you still available? And I was like, all right, like, yes, I'm still available. Like, I would love to talk with her. Like, great. Like, they're like, we're at the end of the probation period. We're drafting up the paperwork to let her go. Um, we would like to just offer you the position. It's like, awesome. Yeah. Two weeks goes by. They call me back. We decided to keep her. It's fine. Oh my god! Like, you sons of like, are you serious? Um, so I got like amped up for the same job, kind of like twice. Yeah. Um, and and like that, like losing out on a job sucks. Losing out on a job you've been told you have really sucks. Having that happen twice in such a short period of time from the same company was wild. Yeah. Um, and that that like really messed with me. I was like. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't touch any of this ever again because clearly if this company where I was perfect, they said I'm perfect for it. Yeah. Couldn't go, you know, dropped it because like, oh, this is more convenient. It's like, I shouldn't be touching this. Like, don't, don't do that. And I spiraled a little bit after that. Oh, um, yeah. But like, that was a couple different things came out of that yeah. was, um, was starting to look at the industry in a different way of, of, it is, especially on the indie side of things, it is it is tough. If, you know, budgets are leaner. People have to wear multiple yeah. hats uh, to make everything happen. Um, and when you're talking about very, very small teams, that there there's going to be some some interesting dynamics. Yeah. And um, number one, looking at like what that can mean for a level of professionalism. Yeah. And, and what it is that not just like I offer these companies, but what they turn around. Like that was the first time I really thought about what can a company offer me. 
And if they're not going to, and that was a very clear indicator of like, this is so beyond instability. Like there is not, there is no acknowledgement for how decisions impact literally, literally anybody else. Um, and people will just say things and it's yeah. like, all right, well, that's, that's something to, to take everything with a, a grain of salt, but like taking that also to the next level of, of there are some, there are companies that even their highest yeah. level of people are not like, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. So yeah. many people, so many companies do not know what they're doing and they just stumble their way to success and being prepared for that yeah. is something that I hadn't had to think about because I'd only worked for larger companies and then I was moving into film yeah. production where everything's a temporary company essentially. Mm -hmm. And, and these indie groups where it was, um, like the, the one that I did do some community management and social media stuff for, um, I was yeah. the fourth person on the team. It was the three people who made the game and me. Yeah. Uh, and like, and that was it. <laughs> so, uh, so that made some of those interactions odd and, and it was, it was the, it was the first real lesson in, in like, I always had very, I always had very good grades. I, yeah. the jobs I interviewed for, I got, that was the first like interview I had where I was like, no. Yeah. Um, and that like, ultimately, like, that's not, it's not like a huge thing. It's like, okay, cool. You didn't get a job, but it was the first, it was the first time I had what felt like a career failure. I tried, yeah. I tried to get to do a thing and, and, and they said, no. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, that was a weird one to try to like deal with and also realizing that it's like, that's not a reflection on the quality of, of me and my skills and what I can bring to the table. That was, that was a them problem. That was, that was, it was, wasn't a good fit. It wouldn't have been a good fit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, that, that L became the lesson of like, it's like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're not going to get the job and sometimes that will actually work out better. Yeah. It's, it saved you. It sucks now, but in the long yeah. term, it'll help you out. Exactly. Man, that is so well. That is a prime example of, you know, something where you did your best that you could possibly do. And it still was wonky, you know, in, in a yeah. weird way out of your control. That is so wild. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, them geez. calling back and be like, are you still available? It's like, well, this is juicy. Okay. And they're like, oh, actually, never mind again. It's like, yeah, I it's almost not... like, oh. <laughs> exactly it's like standing you up for a date like it's just like oh my yeah. god <laughs> Ooh, all right so pivoting on the other end of the spectrum what would you say uh, your favorite w is that you've had over the years whether oh, it was a gosh. small victory in the beginning or if it was something like large major accomplishment uh, which you've mentioned a lot of w's uh at the beginning of this interview so i know you have amazing ones but what's the one that stands out for you um i would say definitely having an HBO Emmy award winning producer call me and be like, you came highly recommended. Please work on my show. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty big one. Um, while I was still in the physics world. So when, when I was working in that, that space, that's, that's doctorate level stuff. Everybody that I worked at a lab that had 2000 scientists at it. I was one oh, of wow. two who did the job I did. Yeah. It was me and my boss. So we just like split the workload and she had her lab and I had my lab. Um, and I was one of only a handful of permanent employees there who did not have a doctorate. Yeah. One of the projects I worked on, um, there's a published paper for it. Like if you, if you Google my name, um, 
published papers come up, which is yeah. wild. Uh, and there was one we did where they were like, this needs to be presented at a conference. They're like, you were the lead researcher on it. You should go present it. So I got to go to this international, this international conference and present like this paper that had been like a team of efforts. Like I, like I worked with people from MIT and then yeah. and also my lab and all that stuff. And I was, I was primary author and they're like present to this room full of people who have, You're who have been doing peers. research for longer yeah. than you've been alive. You are the expert on this now. You're going to tell them about it. Yeah. And that was one terrifying, uh, but two, <laughs> like that was, that was huge. And so validating of like, cool. Cause there were so many people who'd be like, oh, you don't have a doctorate. What are you doing here? And then I would, you know, make stuff happen. They're like, oh, yeah. that's, that's what you're that's doing why. here. You, yeah. you can do a thing. Um, especially because like the lab I was at, it was physics yeah. work, but what I was doing, I was supporting it from the chemistry side is like, mm -hmm. physics is really good at physics and chemists really good at chemistry, but there's a lot of overlap and how those things like interact with each other yeah but you don't necessarily understand how the interaction works like physicists know like i know that the chemistry works out like this so when it doesn't work out like that they're like oh, i don't know what to do so like my job yeah. was bridging that gap and yeah. finding like cool this thing's not working for this chemical reason let's fix that or yeah. like how do we address that or how do we limit it or what does it actually mean what is it actually doing your data doing all of that yeah. and and so being like cool i get to go tell all these crusty old white men uh, who have been doing physics for 40 years and I'm yeah. fresh out of college and going, let me tell you what you've been doing wrong. Actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that that was very huge and very validating yeah. uh, at that point. See, that's what I love about these interviews is that um, I, when we got to perform together in Song of the Heart, uh, that like five episode D&D, &D, you know, campaign where we're all bards and everything like that. I was like, wow, she's super cool and charismatic. I want to be her homie. Little did I know it was like Wonder Woman that I was like sharing the table with. So it's like so, so good. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. And then what would you say uh, are the geeky passions that fueled you in your creativity that made you who you are today? Um, actually also in that same thing, uh, could you please tell us your origin story on how you got into, to tabletop RPGs, whether it was you found it yourself or you got, you know, roped into it by a friend or whatever. Um, so I definitely, I definitely got roped in to RPGs. Um, yeah. I have a friend who I love dearly when he decides a thing is cool. He, he has to get somebody else hooked on it. Yeah. It's gotta be. Um, and he was like, there's this D and D podcast. I think you're going to love. And I was like, you just said two things that I have zero interest in. That's podcasts and D and D. Yeah. Why would you, he's like, no, it's really good. And he, he harassed me for literally weeks. Like we're yeah. going like six weeks. And finally I was like, tell you what, tell you what, I'm going on a road trip. I have nothing to do for eight hours. I will listen to one arc. And after I listen to that, if I don't like it and I leave, like you cannot bring this up ever again. Yeah. I was compromise. like, this is it. So I drove my eight hours and I listened to it. And then I listened to the next arc on my way back. Like, Shit. And then the next three days <laughs> I finished the show and I was like, all right, yeah, I like this thing. And now I'm really curious about this D and D business. How does one, how do D and D? Yeah. Um, so it was, they got me hooked on the adventure zone. That was what did it. So I was, listening, was listening to balance and, and me sobbing like a child at the finale of that. I was like, this is D&D. &D. I didn't realize there were emotions and feelings mm -hmm. in D&D. &D. This is, 
a new piece of information to process. Um, and so that was kind of my first introduction to it. And, and that same person, when I was like, all right, how do you, do you run games? How does this work? He's like, funny, you should mention that part of the reason I wanted you to listen to it. Cause I thought you'd like D and D I'm starting a campaign. Do you want to play? I was like, sure. <laughs> Why like, not? All right, you, you're going to play a wizard and you have to take fireball. You're got it. Never take fireball. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so that's how I got kind of dragged into it. Yeah. And I was like, oh shoot. D&D is really fun. This is very fun because it, it works so well with what I was mm. talking about with my brain, like being like where I'm crafty, but not creative is D&D yeah. gives me a box to play in. It's like here, mm. some, a bunch of people are like, D&D has too many rules. I'm like, no, I like that there's rules. Yeah, they, the structure. Because, yeah, like it, there's structure and it, and it tells me what I can do. And then because I'm an asshole, what I look at is the specific wording of things. I was like, cool, it's something that I can do. Yeah. And it's also, and here it says what I can't do, but there is a space in between there. So let's push that. Like, let's lean into the things that are unspoken yeah. um, or, or leaning super hard into exactly what it says and watching that backfire mm. uh, instead of, instead of like how it was intended. It's like, no, this is how it was written. So I can yep. do this now. The number of times I've made a DM actually... go, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> absolutely, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do the so roll. Good. Just, just roll. Um, I love that stuff. So, yeah. so I have, I have greatly enjoyed diving into that. Um, I just finished, uh, there was that first campaign and that one kind of fizzled out. I ended up in another campaign with, um, someone who is a brilliant storyteller and, yeah. and he has, he has ruined D and D for me. I like, I can't yeah. play with anybody else now, <laughs> Nobody. I can't play under anyone else. Yeah. Um, he's so good. And so that campaign lasted like two and a half years. Wow! Yeah, um, I, and I like I like ugly cried. It was there was nothing graceful about it. I yeah. just sobbed openly, and then for days after it finished, I was still emotionally affected, and I was like, just wrecked. This is this <laughs> is like a on dice set, game. Just dwelling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just laying on the floor, staring at nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I how I got into into that. Uh, so, so that's, that ends up being a topic of conversation a lot on, yeah. on streams and content creation things that I do. Um, we, I think I streamed like a one shot for, with my mods at one point for a little bit, um, yeah. play playing or like, especially like DMing that kind of thing for stream. I was like, that's, that's something I kind of like want to keep a little bit more, more private. Um, yeah. but as far as like what I do actually put out is like, I love, I love indie games. It's part of why I wanted to get yep. into, into that, that side of, of the industry before and, and, and do social media and community management for that is I love, I love the variety that comes from indie games. And so that has been so much of what I play on my channel is a lot of things that are, that are off the beaten path that are just like very creative or very beautiful or, or reminiscent of things that I grew up on, um, because the other, I play a lot of Nintendo games too. I, play, I call it Nindies yeah. and Indies is the most of my channel. And um, <laughs> yeah. because I like, I grew up on, I grew up on the NES and it's like, I love, I love Metroid and I love Zelda. Yeah. Zelda's, in, Zelda's such a huge part of my identity. Um, I love those games. The so lower hard. Zelda. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I will, I'll find things that are, that are Indies and I'm like, cool. Like I love, I love Metroid. I love Metroidvania games what what crazy thing has somebody else come up with that like follows that thread that isn't yeah the triple a super like what needs more what needs more eyes on it what mm -hmm. deserves more love 
and and trying to try to touch on those things. So like that's how I ended up like I found Hollow Knight, which became like a huge, yes, huge so part good. of the channel for a very long time. Um, because I loved that. Um, and then I, I like to play weird things because I also like to play things that can have community involvement. Like we can all yeah. we can all go on a journey together. Yeah. Um, so that's how I've been bullied into playing Had a Full Boyfriend. And um, we played Danganronpa, which is like a murder mystery, wild banana. You need to still watch, uh, play that, yeah. Oh, you do. You so good. So need to. I I loved it. Um, and so like so doing things where like where wild stuff happens, and so being able to react along with chat, and like we can have that back and forth of all of us uh, going on this emotional roller coaster together. So I love I love stuff like that. Um, and that's most of what that's most of what i what i do that's most of what i'll stream uh, is things that i i like to lean into things that i enjoy i know there's Mm -hmm. some people there's the two different schools of thought of like play the things that are popular and play the things that you like it's like and it's like i'll play the things i like because i feel like i'm going to be a better performer if i'm genuinely invested in what's happening Mm -hmm. um they came for jen then jen needs to do what jen likes ex- yeah exactly. exactly so um i'm i'm fine having having a smaller community than somebody who's like Fortnite player or whatever dead inside like, because, like... yeah <laughs> so it's like we we get to have like an actual connection and have conversations yeah. and 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 laugh more and have and have a good time and it feels more like a collaborative experience yeah did you ever play moonlighter yes yes we did yeah, moonlighter yeah i just discovered that oh it's so good yeah I like really time to make this money and then just like <laughs> I I loved that Crypt of the Necrodancer. We did that for Oh, I haven't played that one. Oh, that one looks I, so good. It's yeah. yeah, Crypt of the Necrodancer is great. There is the the Zelda version that was Cadence of Hyrule. Uh but Crypt mm. of the Necrodancer is great. Um it is it is a rhythm game, it's a roguelike. Um it's it's so accessible and you can yes. you can scale your own difficulty on it pretty easily so there's like mm. there's a standard mode and then you've got all kinds of different characters that have different gimmicks and things like that uh we got to a point where it's like i actually had a dance pad like a ddr dance pad connected yeah. the game to that and we would do like long streams oh, for really? charity where i would control the game with the dance pad yeah. and do that rhythm thing uh and then die after a little <laughs> while because <laughs> doing that for but three burn hours calories. is a lot yeah, yeah. oh yeah so many calories i'd like the, the first time i did it the next day i tried to get out of bed and was like no i live here now. yeah right like, never <laughs> I, mind. it's not happening um yeah so yeah crypt of the necrodancer i love uh yeah. and that's another one of those games that i was like this needs this needs more love more people need to look at this so, so yeah, yeah that moonlighter is great um what else i kind of want to like open my steam library and just start looking through just, it yeah. like, what else what else do we have but yeah, so weird Japanese things, a lot of murder mysteries. I love murder mysteries. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like that probably is something I should discuss with a therapist. Uh, but I love, so that's like Danganronpa was great. We just finished a, a, a game called Somnium Files, which was yeah. like a branching timeline murder mystery thing. I just started the Nonary games, more murder mystery. Mm. It's it's lots of, lots of murder, I guess. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. My fiance yeah. loves serial killer podcasts. So there you go. Like everyone has I, it. Yeah. I feel like it's, so I think it's, I think it's my mom's fault. One of yeah. our, our bonding things when I was growing up is what we would try to like, my sister would go to bed and there'd be an hour before I have to go to bed. We would watch, we would watch cold case files. Mm, I'm yep. like, I'm not CSI, at an age where I should be those, watching. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah. So it's like, we watched it. Like, yeah. Cold case files was like, here's this, here's this woman disappeared we never figured it out and it's like that's what i would watch before going to bed You're like, Yo. and i'm like i'm like nine <laughs> I, was like, I don't think this is probably good for me but here right. we are <laughs> yeah, it's all good that's so funny all right so 
Um, let's say you could go back in time to a point where there was a younger version of like the low Zelda or Jen that wasn't so confident in her abilities that didn't have the world figured out. And like, you know, and all that kind of stuff. If you could sit down next to her, um, what advice would you give yourself to make that journey just a little bit easier? What tiny piece of wisdom do you think would be powerful enough to help out? I hate this question because this comes up and I just go, I was like, I don't know. There was, yeah. There was such a clear transition point in my life from when I was like, I used to be very shy and very quiet. The idea that I ever existed as a quiet version baffles people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that transition did not happen because of anything I did. We, we moved around a ton when I was growing up. Uh, And so I was very like, why bother making friends? We're going to like move again. It's not going to matter. Uh, And one of the places I moved, I went to, it was English class. It was third period. um, And I, went to got assigned to my desk and I sat down and the girl next to me, she's like, you're new. We're going to be friends. It's like, okay, sure. And she just dragged me to everything for the week and introduced yeah. me to people. I joined the field hockey team because of it. And like, yeah. then I started talking to people cause she made me. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of that, that point. So like, if I, if I got, if I had to talk to pre New Jersey, Jen, um, it would be, it would it would just be so simple as to be like, hey, it's like, yes, it sucks that you're moving around a lot and you don't get to have a lot of connections with people. And like that that is going to change. You're going to end up somewhere where someone someone is going to to latch onto you and it's gonna feel very it's gonna feel very weird and uncomfortable. It's like, but yeah. you are gonna ultimately be so much better for it. Just let yeah. it happen. Um I think, and if I would talk to post uh post to having that moment kind of gen probably like talking more in that maybe in like high school college yeah just i so much of what i did was motivated by just pure anxiety of like i have established myself as i've established myself as a smart kid gotta get a's and everything (laughs) gotta do that yeah um and and try and i don't even know if i would listen to me i don't know if i would listen to me showing up and being like, look, I know it feels like the end of the world to not be that. Yeah. But it's like, you are, you are, you were making this so much harder on yourself for, for a non-existent reward. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You are still learning the things just as well, whether mm-hmm. you can prove it on this paper or not. And you're going to get to do all kinds of cool things with it. So like, yeah don't stay up till 3 a.m. trying to figure out your astrophysics homework turn it in half done yeah the the teacher's a dick anyways just don't worry about it go to sleep just do that <laughs> um and trying to convince myself that it's okay to to step yeah. back and be like it's not it's not gonna end up mattering yeah and i love this question because a lot of people answer differently there are some who subscribe to the thought where it's like you know i would leave myself alone because i am the person i am today based upon all the like, failures i've made in the past and you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's other people who give that heartfelt advice being like, you know, if I could just have myself like not make these mistakes, you know, that's what I would do. But it's true. It's like it, it all leads back to uh, what you had mentioned at the sort of like beginning of this uh, interview where it's um, like protecting yourself and all everything. It's like the things that are uncomfortable are the things you need to lean into because it ultimately will make you a stronger person, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, admitting like I'm just going to 
call it quits and get to some sleep, you know, or, you know, I, I'm scary, but I'm going to go ahead and make these connections. It's going to hurt when I have to leave, but at least it's better than, you know, not having them all at all and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's really cool to get to, to hear about your growth and how you became this powerhouse of a woman that you are today and everything like that. So it's really, really awesome. And then, uh, yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah. So where can we find you online? Uh, so I am the underscore low Zelda everywhere. Um, uh, Twitch will be the big one, uh, Twitch and Twitter. I technically have Instagram, but that algorithm sucks. So I don't really post there anymore. <laughs> yeah. I gave up on that. Um, those are the main spaces you'll find me in. Um, I also uh, exist slightly over on, uh, I have a second Twitter account. That is where I post all my dice making adventures. Uh, so oh, that's, yeah. that is that is long dog dice uh, after my after my toxins. Uh, so that's where all the dice pictures go. If that's what you're interested in. If you want to hear me be snarky and yell about D and D uh, and and other random things, what else do yeah. I yell about, guys? As other things. Uh, so that'll that all happens on on Twitter. And then uh, if you like what you see and you hang out on on my Twitch channel, um, there is a there is a Discord available for subs there where we we. We have channels dedicated to Hades. Hades, did you play Hades, sir? Not yet. I need, you need to. to play Hades. I just like made <laughs> eye contact with that. I, was like, I yes. know. Yeah. Um, Hades is wonderful. Uh, we, there's channels for Hades and people's pets and like their art projects. We've got like we've got the the we call it the Lomoa, the Lozelda like Museum of Art. It's like you're working on cross stitch. You you did a drawing. You made yeah. wood burnings. Put it there. Show off your fancy things. You made <laughs> you cooked a really nice dinner post yeah. it like let's all celebrate everybody's success with your whole chest see how amazing it is yeah exactly so so we've got all of that in the discord too uh and those are the main spaces you can find me in oh that's cool so it's been a pleasure getting to like speak with you today and getting to learn more about you because like i said before this interview i knew you were a super dope person who loved to play japanese rpgs and play dungeons and dragons but i had no idea that it was just the tip of the iceberg and there was so much more you know beneath the surface so that's amazing so thank you again for being here i really appreciate it everyone make sure to follow the Lozelda on twitter and all that kind of stuff and give her all the love and support she deserves because she's worked so hard to get to where she is and we will see you guys uh later and hope you guys have a great night bye, bye. Everybody.